on everyone welcome to a special edition of reacting analysis by the lone wolf podcast i'm your host wolfson and today we're gonna do a special reaction about a recent video that has been uploaded by our good folks of disciple records shout out to those guys they are definitely one of my favorite record labels they have one of the sickest and biggest dubstep artists in the whole world i mean I got homies from there. Shout out to my brothers, Modestep, and of course, the label founders, Dodge and Myro. So today, we're going to do something very special. We're going to do a reaction death analysis on a recent video that they just uploaded. Now, you're wondering, what are you trying to act to? Like, what is it that you're trying to react? What is it that you're trying to do? Well, to be more precise, I got to give credit where credit is due when Disciple does these type of videos. These videos that they recently upload on their YouTube channel is like having free patches go in-depth into their demos for their sample packs or even going in-depth analysis on their tracks and presets and giving away free presets and as well as giving them the quick tutorial of how they actually did this sort of preset, how they make this sort of sound, you know, how they post process it, what went inside their head when they did one of their hit songs that was released into the Disciple Records label. Now, the reason I decided to do this is because I found that they just recently uploaded a video that's titled Beginners Music Producers? Question mark. Listen to this first. So I guess they actually decided to do a video for all up and coming producers or artists that are trying to get into the industry. And I'm pretty sure that this is going to be a fun one. Now, I will say this. I will be completely unbiased in all this, OK, because despite how much I love and support the record label, I will point out and critique some of the things that may or may not say I may agree to some events. I may disagree to some of the events or I may be neutral in all this. But I will give a brief explanation because sometimes when they do these type of videos, they're definitely doing it for the community. Out of all the dubstep labels, Disciple is definitely one of those few labels that actually is in it for the community. And they do anything for the community and bring up up and coming producers, you know. However, sometimes when I see some of their videos, their explanations are very vague. You know, not that I'm seeing that all their experiences are vague. I'm pretty sure they have to do something very short, simple and straight to the point for their videos for them to explain what they do in their tracks. At no fault I'm giving them and I'm not bashing them, nor I'm disrespecting them in any means. This is just what I believe and what my opinions are. These are just my opinions. Anybody can disagree on my opinions. That's fine. But this is what I believe, whether they saying is true or false or I'm neutral about it and they say certain things, then I will give my personal in-depth behind it and the reasoning behind why they say certain things, you know? Because sometimes when we see these videos, like I said, they're a little bit short, simple because they want to keep it straight to the point. But sometimes they doing that, they leave some important details that may actually have people question. But I guess this is why they do these videos so people can actually comment down and then let them know you know, like, hey, what about this and what about that? So I'm here to actually try to answer some of those questions, you know, so let's go into it. But before we do, be sure to like and subscribe for this channel at the Lone Wolf Pod. Be sure to hit the notification bell and also comment down below if you guys want to see me doing more of these type of stuff. OK, so without further ado, let's get cracking. So let's start. Hello, guys. What's up? Uh, this is Rob from Dodge and Fusky. And, and this is Matt from Barely Alive here. So today we're going to talk about 
what we would want to know as a new producer today, you know, things you should do, things you maybe shouldn't do, things you should be aware of, things you shouldn't worry about. Okay. And we're going to start off with kind of being realistic about how long this is going to take and not getting disheartened when it feels like things aren't moving forward because it's a really long process to kind of get from starting producing to, you know, touring and having an agent and all the other kind of stuff that right. you want to work towards. Yeah, totally. Uh, producing is hard. Um, it takes a lot of practice. I have to say, Willie looks so awkward on the, <laughs> on the interview. It's just like, yeah, so. It's like, what? My dude, just go say it with such animation, some happiness. Give me some energy. At least Rob is actually very, ah. <laughs> Willie just, it makes you feel awkward. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, I, and I'm repping. I'm repping you, bro. But you know, it's it's just it's funny. I'm sorry. Personally, and me and Matt both, um, we were both producing for like about ten years, just kind of as a hobby, before we decided to like actually get really serious about it. Um, so we had that like huge amount of time before we took it like super seriously, and then once we did it, you know, things moved pretty quickly, but practice your 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 trade and find your unique sound and all that stuff i will say yeah i 100 percent agree like if you're in it to to make money as a producer it's not in it for you straight up if you're just trying to get like a quick buck you know try, try to make the million dollar beat that that's gonna blow up and make you like the biggest hottest shit ever you're never gonna have it nope i'm sorry it's true. Making music is actually, it has to be a hobby. It's something that makes you happy because 90% of the producers out there in the EDM industry, they all say the same thing. You know, it started as a hobby and then it took off. It just basically took off because it, it they just basically practice and practice and practice and start honing their skills and and crafting their sounds until the stuff where they are right now. You know, it all takes years. Nothing happens overnight. Like, that's impossible. And like they say, they if you love making music, then absolutely, it can be something. You can make actually make potential hobby into a, something like career-wise. But if you're looking to make money out of it, just make music, like, no, it ain't for you. And it's true what he's saying. Like, it takes years. Like, he says it took him 10 years of doing it as a hobby, that means he, the majority of those 10 years has to make a dime, not even one dime, and bam, the opportunity strike, and they finally took off, and now they, you know, they're making money out of it. So it definitely, and another thing I will say is definitely you need to have patience. You absolutely need to have patience if you're going to be a music producer in the Indian industry, because not everybody can make it and you can't disarm yourself if nobody wants to play your music or listens to your music. But it also, it's all about patience. You know, eventually you will get the ticket and you will win, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, for, for me and Fusky, when we started producing, it was about seven years for me and about 10 years for him from when we started. Now, these days, this can be a lot quicker because resources did not exist back then, like YouTube tutorials, uh, project files yeah. that you can pull apart and learn from, uh, presets you can learn from. All of that kind of stuff is much more readily available now. But the basic skill of 
sort of training your ears to be, a, you know, be able to hear what's wrong with a mix down and that, that does take a very, very long time. So what's really important is that you go into it with an attitude of enjoying the process and it's kind of almost, it, it kind of has to start as a hobby, right? Would you agree with that? I agree with that. Like I said, it, you have to start as a hobby, you know? Uh, me as a DJ, when I started making DJing, it all was a hobby. It was it wasn't even a full time job for me. It was just part time. I was just DJing on um, pet rallies, on private events, Christmas parties, and whatnot. And then it built into birthday parties, into weddings, after parties for proms, proms, and then I started with you know clubbing, DJing for clubs. I was a resident DJ for a club in Puerto Rico. Then I moved here to the States. I DJed in many clubs here, event spaces, festivals. So I agree. It's all started as a hobby, you know? And then before you know it, I'm there. And I also have to give shout out to uh, for Dodge for saying this. Like, it wasn't like it was before that you didn't have the resources that in today's world everybody can have because I'm pretty sure like anybody could just grab a laptop, grab a DAW and watch a YouTube tutorial, how to become a music producer and boom, you got it. Like that's how you learn. That's that's very true, you know? Yeah, you just have to be passionate about it. You you have to love about it, you know? If not, then you're not in it for the right reasons then. Um, yeah, I think, that, well, the most successful people, like they just like computers. They like playing around with like software. Yeah. They like music, obviously. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, like those things if you don't like sitting behind a computer then like you're not going to be drawn to it so right. it's, just gonna, it's something that comes naturally and yeah like yeah that's true because when you're making music in any daw that you're making you're literally spending hours and hours and hours on the computer just to make something like it doesn't matter whether you're sound designing or you're just playing the piano or just creating something or or grouping something it's you spend hours so most of the time the people who actually get involved out of it are just computer fanatics. And you have to get used to spending hours on, on a computer and just seeing on the fucking screen to make something happen, you know? Now, granted, in today's world, every other kid has no problem being on the computer screen for hours and hours, you know, or watching Twitch and YouTube videos and one of their favorite people. But, you know, but I do agree. Yeah. Like what you said about so resources, it's totally true. Like when we started... The only resources we had were very obscure, cryptic YouTube videos posted by either like kids who were just figuring stuff out or like Rob, who made one of the only like series of dubstep production tutorials in existence. Right. Um, and that actually helped us a lot. But like there wasn't much else to go off. Whereas now, like every producer has like a Twitch stream, a Patreon, uh, uh, sample packs, YouTube channels, tutorials, all that. Yeah. It's it's a huge, 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 huge difference for what it was back then to is right now. Because like I said previously, back then you didn't have the resources. Like for you to make a song, like you basically have to rent out a room or rent out a computer or your dad's computer and, you know, try to make something out of it. You know, if you have Mac, you know, Mac has the garage band and then you make loops and then you make something out of it. That's as far as you can go. Today's world, like it's easy to get a DAW because now DAWs have become much more affordable. Some of them, at least, are some of the good ones. And or you can actually make a sort of payment to pay it off as well as, um, yeah, like making presets plugins, all that crap. You go to YouTube and you just type in and it's like, what, what, 
artist am I doing? I'm doing Zomboy today. All right, how to make a Zomboy growl or bass? And there's like 20,000 videos out of it. So kids, uh, kids today, like they have it very lucky to do it. Yeah. Also, I, I'd like to point out because nowadays, yes, a lot of producers have Twitch channels and they're showing off their their people, you know, when they're making a song and shit and whatnot, while others are taking advantage of looking at them and studying the process of when they're making a song and whatnot. And they and like Willie said, there's they got Discord. So obviously they go hit up on Discord and they ask for some pointers and whatnot. Like all this happens now because of the pandemic, because before the pandemic, none of the producers were doing that. Actually, no producer were doing this, you know, by giving away, you know, doing sessions and let everybody know. It's like, no, nobody was doing it. Now they're doing it because of the pandemic hits and they hit their pockets. You know, let's be real on that one. I think Dr. Ozzy was probably the only one that was doing it while others, they weren't. So he capitalized the momentum when the pandemic hit because all he had to do is just like do what he was normally do. Just sit down and, and do his thing while people just like follow him and give him donate money and whatnot and praise him for, for doing the thought process and feedbacks and shit and whatnot. Now the, every other producer like these guys are doing it too. So especially Patreon, you can follow uh Infect and Graphite, they both have Patreons and you can like get uh, cool learning stuff from them and uh, resources. And also uh, Barely Alive has a Patreon and you can get a lot of like project files and tutorials from That's so, bro, Matt, that is so awkward how you transition. It's like, yeah, and then Barely Alive has a Patreon. Why couldn't you just plug yourself first? It's like, you know, like I have, I, I have like, us, like me and Matt, we got a Patreon subscription and we, we give all these project files for people, you know, pay a certain amount a month and you get these profiles, you get these sample pads, you get all the resources. If you want us to give you a feedback, blah, blah, blah. Like, see, it's much more easier instead of being like a robot by saying like, yeah, barely alive has like, it feels so scripted. Like he's not coming at natural. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, really. If I'm criticizing you because of that, I'm sorry. But it, it's true. It's just doesn't sound natural at all. I, mind you, I guess it, it. this is all scripted. But at the same time, like act normal, act, act natural. Don't don't act like a, you're a talking fucking robot. Jeez. And and that's another thing. I also what I mentioned, like about the Patreon, some of these big artists like Barely Alive and such, they got the patrons. You pay like 10, 20 bucks a month. And you get like an unlimited, you know, project files of their old songs, you know. But obviously, that smart thing to do is like, all right, I'll pay 20 bucks. I'll download some of their stuff. I'll I'll learn whatever I could get from that month and then I'll cancel it. And then I'll have those templates, you know, even though it's kind of scummy of doing it. Like you should support your artists if you really like them and you fuck with them like that. But that's naturally that's a lot of people do that. You know, I you can't deny that people don't do that you know they just want the old project file see the thought process behind the project file it's like holy shit how they make this on so and then they just like all right whatever i could get it let me see if i could get it on my own you know and that's how it goes and uh that's kind of what was our goal was like give people um all the resources that we wish we had back then to make things that's easier like um but we're not the only ones doing it there's like tons of youtube channels right. um like disciple there's tons of videos on here um, you know, Virtual Riot has uploaded a bunch of stuff. Uh, Andrew Huang is another great channel. So yeah, just 
infinite resources out there. So this brings me to another important subject I wanted to talk about as well, and that is should you go to a college or some kind of you know expensive big commitment music production course? Now, that's a kind of a complex question. It's difficult to answer, but in terms of the guys that are on Disciple, it's a mix. Some people have done courses, some haven't, but I would say out of the people that did do courses, it was still very much their time spent, spent uh, their time spent self-taught, uh, you know, watching YouTube tutorials, messing around with synths. That's like the key to learning. It's not really necessarily having to go and do some expensive course. You know, mm -hmm. there's so many amazing resources online. So my advice would not be really to go and do a formal course because the other thing as well is, you know, the music industry, people don't really care about qualifications. So it's all talent based, um, mm -hmm. really. So the, the best way you can possibly learn, in my opinion, is just by practicing and experimenting and making mistakes online. Okay, I had to stop right there, right off the bat. I have to agree and disagree for what Dodge is saying, because while yes, in the industry, nobody really gives a shit whether what school you went to, there's no qualifications that like you got a master's degree or PhD or anything like nobody gives a shit. As long as you can do dope music, that's pretty much what they, that's the qualifications. Make dope music. That's, that's it. That's, that's the entry level for getting into the music industry. However, I do have to disagree with the part about the self-taught and the, course production because let me give it to you some people don't have don't know about their their awakening talents until they go to school now i get it that not everybody not school's not in it for everybody there's definitely there's a lot of producers out there in the industry who didn't even finish their degree and yet they're like the most talent talented people in the whole world and there's some producers who went to school and there still is equal to this so it's actually a, like a 50 50 process but i had to disagree with him saying that you know it's better off to self-taught than than go to these courses not necessarily like some courses only specialize i'm teaching you how to make music production how to be a better audio engineer a mixing and mastering and do all other sort of things you know obviously you would rather go to a technical school that focuses on, on that, you know, like I did. I went to SAE. And let me tell you, if it wasn't for me going to SAE, I believe I would have never got to where I am right now. Straight up. Because before SAE, I thought I knew hot shit, you know. I thought I was making the hottest house music in ever. And when I went there, it's like, no, it's pure garbage. I was off key all the time. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I was able to learn other DAWs and other tricks by people who are Grammy Award winner engineers and producers. So obviously I learned a lot from the guys. So you you learn for the best to become the best, you know, and, and essentials. And another thing, like Needy Greedy, shout out to my boy Needy Greedy. He's always going to be my homie. I always bring his name up in the, my, my show, but it, like he's like the perfect example for all those situations. Like he and I went to the same school, the same audio technical school you know and he's definitely one of the biggest multi-genre edm producers out there in the world like he's the second comment of skrillets guaranteed and he went to the same school that i did that tells you a lot because if a person like nitty gritty went to school like like i did and made it successfully to the indian industry why can't i why can another person like, yeah, if, if the school is right and you learn about it and you practice about it, then yeah, 
you'll definitely get a lot of knowledge, knowledge from it and you'll be much more further up. Now, will Nitty Gritty would have been much more further than he was if he didn't go to school? Personally, I don't think so. Even though he was already making it as Ricky Mears with his melodic dubstep, I feel like he would have not gone further because there were certain aspects that he wasn't aware or that was needed to be taught that he needed to learn for it to make it. Now, definitely for sure, he's a talented person with a history background of being a musician. Obviously, he got it. But I believe that he wouldn't be the guy that he is right now if it wasn't for SAE. Because there were times in which I had to tell him some certain shortcuts in Ableton. I taught him how to DJ. And other, other, other people, you know, helped him around to learn things and learn how to do, how to mix properly, how to master properly and, and do all these other stuff properly, you know? So obviously, I don't think he would have gone a little bit further. I'm, I'm pretty sure he would have be a late bloomer if he haven't gone to the to school. That's what I believe, you know? We'll see. I'm going to ask that question when I interview him very soon. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I agree and disagree with what he said. The self-taught part, yeah, but only certain people can can go further. It's like a small percentage. If you're a musician, absolutely, the self-taught is much more better than, you know, they go to the school because the school is going to teach you like the basics, the reruns out of that. You don't need that. You already know that. But if you don't know how to mix a master properly and you have to go to school for that, I obviously go to fucking school. doesn't have to be a four a four year school. It could be a one year school, It'd be a nine months like like technical school like I did, you know, like so it's some and there's in fact, there's already online schools that you can pay less than half less than half of what those technical schools online and still learn. So you're definitely getting your money's worth, you know, but I agree. Um, I'll, I'll add to that and just say that, like, if you have like just a ton of money and like, that's what you want to do, like, that's probably an awesome thing to do. Um, like I couldn't afford that when I was starting out. So that's why I didn't do it. But I don't know, maybe if I could, I would have, but like, yeah, it's definitely just comes down to like how you spend your time. Right. Um, and like you're, you're going to do well if you just like dedicate your time to it. Um, but I wouldn't say it's like essential or necessary at all because of like, yeah, all the people in Disciple who have kind of just learned stuff on their own in their own way kind of shows that, I think. It's not essential, but if you don't know the basics and you feel like YouTube tutorials just got get get you to a certain point and that doesn't let you pass that point, then go to school to on any of these on, online courses or technical schools is actually very good for you to go. Like, yeah, it's not it's not mandatory that you have to go to school to be a successful music producer, but it definitely accelerates you a little bit more and makes you a better engineer or producer overall. And I get I get the, the money part. Yeah, if you have the money, but even if you don't have money, you finance it. Like you you take a chance, like, you know, this is an investment. I'll get, I'll get my returns back after this, you know? But, you know, let's see. You know, without being specific about any particular courses or anything like that, um, you know, I, I did do a degree in University of Music and honestly, it, in my experience, it wasn't really that beneficial. But I would maybe look at the university or the college that's, you know, providing a course because they, they love to kind of shout about their success stories and their previous alumni. So I'd look at how many of these success stories they have, figure out how many people do that course a year over the time of the life of that course. And you can kind of work out a percentage of those people that become it. And like, it's quite likely that that percentage may not necessarily 
by any means be a sure thing. So mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And that part, in that aspect of the schools, I definitely agree. Just because like a certain well-known artist graduated for a certain school doesn't guarantee you that you're going to be the next great artist just like that. You know, the percentage of artists that actually really, really make it into the industry from graduate schools is actually pretty low. The school boat boasts boosters like every school does. It's any school. They'll say like, oh, you know, so and so graduated from this. And you're like, oh, shit. So and so the perfect example. Nick Greedy graduated from SAE. Out of my class, um, Nitty Gritty is probably the only producer or engineer that really made it out out of our class, like really made it out into like the big leagues. Like he's the only successful producer and engineer out of that class. I remember because every other person, like, I don't think they could continue pursuing it or. Or they're not doing what they're doing. I, I don't know. I haven't gotten a touch, but I know like out of the biggest, biggest, it's him. And SAE like puts him on the line line of uh, alumni you know, who really made it. And it's a small percentage. It's like that's the only person that you guys actually went to. What about these other guys? That means if if he's the only one that went to, that means that the other the rest of the people didn't really, really, really make it. So it's it is a low percentage of people. And I believe Icon's the same thing. Like, I believe, um, like, Company, Wooly, Adair, Jaws, Nightmare. I forgot who else came from, from Icon in L.A., you know? But I named, like, five artists. Imagine how many, how many people actually graduated along with them at the same time. Because I'm pretty sure it's not, like, only five people graduated. Like, no, I'm pretty sure it's, like, like a good 20 to 60 people graduated at the same time, you know, because they haven't run out of business. They still got people yearly, yearly enrolling, you know, phase one, Sippy from Australia, the both of them, they went to there. But see, oh, wow. They say that disciple out of all the people, you know, they, they really had not made it like phase one went to school. Icon, they forgot about that. Neither here and there. Only a small percentage. So what happened to the other 40 other people or 20 other people that didn't make it. And that's that's marketing. That's a good marketing tool for schools. So that way, you know, you get hyped out. It's like, holy shit, this phase one went to school. Man, I want to go to the school. If, if he make it and learn from it, that means I can do it. it, which is true. Yeah, it's it's not far fetched at all. Like, yeah, if he made it, he got out. So can you. But I, then again, it all depends on you. It all depends on how how hungry you really are, how determined you really are to, you know, to make it that far, you know? And another reason that I think just self-teaching has a lot of, you know, a lot of merit to it. Yeah, you heard it here, kids. Don't go to school. Drop out. <laughs> drop out and Not be, what a, I was saying. be a dubstep producer. Uh, yeah. Life advice. No, no. Kids don't listen to Willie. For God's sakes, no. You don't know. So <laughs> coming on to more financial advice, um, I think a, a common misconception is people seem to think that they might need to spend a lot of money to get started in terms of equipment. Mm. And, and these days, pretty much any laptop that you have will be absolutely fine for running, you know, at least a yeah. kind of not massively overcomplicated project in Ableton. Mm-hmm. Can you probably even get by with an iPad? Yeah. Especially, right. especially if you're making rhythm. <laughs> you just need like three tracks, you're done. There you go. That's a joke, you know. That guys don't take him seriously like with the iPad because it's actually pretty complex. I've tried it with the iPad. I had FL Studio on the iPad and 
guaranteed it was super hard to do music on on, on an iPad. That's for sure. But it's a joke, guys. Don't take it seriously. <laughs> um, but I think for most people, um, Ableton is probably going to be the first choice just because That's right. it completely dominates so many different genres these days that if you want to be able to collab and learn from other people, it's going to be the one that will make it the easiest for you to learn with. Mm -hmm. I started on Cubase. You were kind of straight to Ableton, right? Or were you... I took a detour through Reason. Um, and then, yeah, we went hardcore Ableton since the beginning of the project. Um, FL is Respect. also like super sick and I know lots of people use that. So I'd say like, don't, don't like inhibit yourself by not getting like one of the big DAWs that people are using, like Ableton, FL, Cubase, um, I guess Reason and Logic would have been included there. Apart from that, that's literally all you need. All you really need is Ableton. You can get some free, free plugins yep. like Vital, which is a really good synth. Yeah. Melda Productions yeah. has some awesome effects. Uh, there's tons of YouTube videos that show you like the best free VSTs and that's literally all you need. I don't think you need to spend money on like fancy plugins or hardware at all. Like just get like an audio interface that makes sound and then you're good. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I like it that these guys are actually letting everybody know it's like Ableton is actually the most user-friendly DAW out there. Like it's the most versatile. You can do any genre. You can do so much. It's it's a limitless DAW. Like you can do whatever you want in that program, like any sort of genre music and you fuck with it. Cool thing about Ableton is that you really don't need any third party plugins. Like you don't really need anything outside of it. Like I'll tell you guys what. 97%, 97% of all of my projects are based on Ableton stock plugins. 97% of it. The 3% Serum, Fat Filter, and Portal, which is a granular synthesizer that I use for resampling my, my sound design and stuff like that. Like, that's it. That's the only free plugins. Sometimes Valhalla, but Valhalla is cheap, so you could get it. You can get that one for cheap, for less, or free, something like that. But sometimes I even use the reverb of Ableton. Sometimes reverb, the reverb of Ableton is much more easy for me to work on. I mean, like, guys, I mix and master with the Ableton stock plugins. I used to use Ozone 8, but I figured it's like, shit, if I can do everything in Ableton, like I, I can mix and master right here on my sessions, really need to use ozone a it may also it may actually make it better i guess make it easier i guess but if you know if you had to practice like they got like these guys have saying if you practice yourself all the time and and knows the all the stuff that you gotta do like you really need any other third party plugins all you gotta do is just do everything through Ableton, like straight up Ableton stock plugins are amazing. So you don't have to spend much. And believe it or not, Ableton is not that expensive. Like, obviously, if you want the sweet version like I have, I have the sweet version and it's a lot of money. But I, I had a discount when I got into school. Another benefit of going into these schools, they give you discounts to get these programs. What it will cost me as $800 DAW, it costed me like $250 or $100 less. And any of the upgrades? any upgrade is like less you know like 200 like i don't have to spend 700 dollars on an upgrade like no so i always got sweet on every ableton version from 9 to 10 
And now I'm going to get the 11 version soon. So yeah, and there's ways to pay for it. Like there's a payment plan. Ableton has a payment plan for it, you know, so you don't have to pay the full amount. So there are ways to get it. And basically, once you get it, you can do everything from there. You can resample. Like resample is the hottest shit in Ableton. Absolutely. Mix and master. Absolutely. Using their stock lines, using the match life plugins. Absolutely. They, Ableton is definitely my go to it. That's why I'm, I'm thankful that these guys are, you know, letting everybody know. It's like, yo, Ableton's a shit. I mean, you could also argue that you could just use the built-in sound card even on a laptop. Oh yeah, yeah. Days. You don't even need like. No. Uh, if if your if your monitors can be driven by your your headphone jack, which most of them probably can, then you're fine. Right. I've seen like a lot of kind of starter early on producers with like really expensive audio interfaces, and it's mm -hmm. just completely unnecessary spend. Oh. Really, you could. Um, yeah. I mean, just. Plug a, plug a decent set of headphones. You know, you've been a headphone producer a lot more than I have. Um, and honestly, even something you can get for under a hundred bucks, you mm -hmm. could get up to a pretty decent level of engineering. Yep, yep. I agree. Um, yeah, I probably do like 50-50 headphones and monitors. Um, and for headphones, I've always used the Audio-Technica M50s. They're $150. So those are anything in that general price range that you're just comfortable with, that they feel good and um, are meant for uh, studio monitoring are, are going to be fine. And that's all you need. It's very interesting what he's saying when it comes to headphones. He's a headphone producer, just like me and very others. Like, And I do have two monitors. I got two Yamaha's HS7s, you know. Now, here's my method of production. I actually mix and, I actually mix and master using my headphones. And I, and I can actually produce with my headphones too. But if I'm in my home, I'll definitely use my speakers to produce, but I don't mix and master with using my monitors. No. And the reason why is because my room is not acoustically right. You know, it doesn't have the best soundproof at all. So some of the sounds will bounce out and may actually, you know, like sound a little bit off for me, you know. So that's why I'd rather use my headphones. To be honest, guys, you should definitely get a sound card. Not expensive. I agree. Don't get a, a, a expensive sound card or audio interface. Like get if you're gonna get a good audio interface, get one that's like worth in the hundred dollar range. Like that good, you know. Best example I can give you guys. I got hold on. Let me see. I got a PreSonus Studio Twenty Four C. It cost me like a hundred something dollars. You could get something less than that. You can even get a a Focusrite Scarlet for less, for 100 you know? And they're good. They're good. And you just plug yourself with a good headphones. He just says that he uses Audio-Technicas. I have something against Audio-Technicas because I feel like the Audio-Technicas are like the most cheapest brand of the entire music equipment. Like, those are the ones that you will go... If you cannot afford a Pioneer headset, you will go to get... Audio Technica. That's why, like, I I'm against them because, like, mm, they're they're just so cheap. Like anybody can have it. So, but if I have to recommend uh, certain headphones, I recommend the Sennheiser's Pro HD 280s. If you can, guys, can get those, you're welcome, guys. Seriously, seriously, because those are literally standard music industry headphones. You know, they're noise canceling. And they have all the levels equalized, you know. You can actually detect all the high, mid, and low frequencies of anything from those headphones. They're perfect, you know. 
They're the best headphones. Those were like standard for me to go to school. That's what I use. That's what Nitty Gritty use. That's what many others use. You know, and if you want to upgrade yourself, fine. If not, keep using those, you know, and they're they're worth 100 bucks. Simple as that. And they're worth better. Now, an argument that I've been hearing a lot of people is like, oh, but I got the Beats by Dr. Dre. It's like, no, throw those away. Throw those away. Oh, what about the Sony's noise canceling? Nope. Bose noise canceling? Nope. Throw those away. You wasted money. Why? Because, and let me tell you something about this Dr. Dre, like Dr. Dre Beats headphones and like every other consumer headphones. They're known as consumer headphones because normally that's for the public. That's for people who just want to listen to music, you know, and don't give a fuck and don't know anything about music. But that's not. Remember this one time I was in a studio session. Somebody was making a beat using the studio headphones. And I let him know. It's like, yo, you know, those headphones are trash for making songs. Like, nah, bro, I can hear the bass. It's powerful and shit. It's like, oh, yeah, let's let's hear it in the speakers. Let's hear it. When you put it on the speakers, bro, the bass was just like not there. There was this. He's like, I don't understand. Like the. I was just hitting it. I was like, yeah, because of those headphones. See, the Dr. Dre headphones, their consumer headphones, in which all they do to fool you, to lie to your ears, is that they increase the low frequencies. So basically, you got this little graph right here. If you guys can see it, you got your high frequencies. I mean, you got your high frequencies, your mid frequencies, and your low frequencies. What they do is that they boost the low frequencies a little bit more. So it's so it's like basically like this. So they boost their low frequencies. And I, what you guys are wondering, what is the low frequencies? It's basically the bass. They boost the bass of any song or any sound. They just exponentially boost the bass. So whenever you're actually making a song with that boost bass, you better be careful because you may actually not give it any, any, any necessary bass that you should. You know, that's why it is recommending the studio headphones, Sennheiser's 280 HD pros because they're the equalizers are all equal. You know, they're it's all leveled up. Nothing is higher or lower than the other. And you can hear everything crystal clear how it should, you know? Yeah, I personally prefer studio monitors, but if you are going to go down the monitor route, the room is just as, if not more important than the monitors. So yeah. unless you're going to treat the room really yeah. well with a bunch of sound panels, um, you're going to risk having a very artificial sound from your monitors. Mm -hmm. like, most commonly, either way too much or no, or almost no bass, yeah. depending on the room. And it's, you know, it's a lot of work to try and correct that. So starting out on a budget, headphones probably the way to go. Like, yeah, I I agree. Like your room, like I said, your room has to be acoustically perfect, you know, for you to do studio studio monitors. But I get if you don't have the money for studio monitors, then obviously you go with the headphones. Every person is different. You know, they all everybody has their way of, you know, making production. I got used to making music by just using my headphones and I and I have my ears trained to do that. Others will rather use the monitors, even if their rooms are not sound perfectly. They train their ears and to make it sound like, all right, it sounds perfect, you know, but not it's not as everybody's different for sure. Absolutely. Like when you're when you're like designing your, your space where you're going to make music, you got to mm. start with like, what are your room dimensions? Uh, and that's the most important thing. Yeah. If you can fix that to make it better then do that, you know, maybe move to a swap bedrooms or something. Um, and then it's like uh, probably the most next most important thing is putting up like absorption in your room so yes. it's not like a springy like bathroom tile effect 
Um, and then there's like where you put your monitors that would be like higher up on the pyramid. And then once you get that done, um, maybe you, you look at like diffusion and then once you're all done with that, then you start spending money on like better monitors. Like that should be like the last thing that you do, right. because if you have a bad room, then everything's going to sound equally bad. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, like KRK, those are great monitors. Yeah, uh, Kali LP6, that's another really good monitor that I've tested. It's about 150 each, so like 300 for a pair. Uh, you can write like Grammy winning uh, songs on a pair of those for sure. Yeah, I agree. I my first studio monitors were KRK twenties. You know, the Rockets. The Rockets were definitely a good of uh, studio monitors. Then I upgraded myself to the Yamaha's HJ7, which was like to me like the best ones I've ever had. Um, yes, for monitors, you definitely need to have a great room. Like if you notice my room, let me put it on the side. There's a bass trap in the corner. Every corner of my room, there's a bass trap in there. That bass trap is what it's supposed to absorb anything low end. So that way it doesn't vibrate into other spaces outside of my room. Every other soundproof panel that I have, it's not the perfect or the sexiest thing, but I have these. So, so my room can at least be at least a little bit acoustically right, you know. And I do have both of my monitors on a pyramid. Like they both ha are looking at me like this. So if I can see them like this, so that way my ears can look can listen for it like this, you know. And it's the best way to do that. And it's the only way to do that perfectly because my room is not perfect. And my room is not even a square or a rectangular. It's like a weird midst of a rectangular smash octagon shit, you know? So that's why that's why is yeah, it's very important where you place your monitors. And that should be like the first thing. Make sure that your room is soundproof and it's soundproof enough that it will not bother your neighbors if you have any neighbors or even your parents, you know? And then you can go and spend on your monitors. But then again, you know, these guys went a little bit further on the financial part. Just stick with the headphones first. And then when you see there's like you're making money a little bit more with um, with your music, then obviously upgrade yourself into it. In terms of progressing from, you know, the kind of starting out phase to the touring and having an agent and all that kind of phase, uh, there's a lot of steps in between those. Um, and it happens in a different way for a lot of different people. But if I were starting out today, the best thing I would say you could do would just kind of get your music out there on the internet, self-release stuff, try and pitch stuff to playlists, try and just get into repost groups, just get someone to hear your music. Because if you're making good music, even if only five or 10 people hear, you know, listening to it, next it's 20, next it's 50, next it's 100, next it's 1,000, eventually you'll get picked up and noticed. So I would say most of the time, you know, trying to send demos to labels is probably less effective than labels noticing you. Um, a good advice I would have is That's just don't be good. a jerk. Um, be nice to people, make friends, make good Absolutely. music, join communities like the Barely Live Discord server, make friends, and uh, you'll just like end up in a good place where you know people will uh, just start noticing you and people will show your music to other people and then you can just make connections that way, just really naturally, it's fun. Leave us a comment below with any questions you might have. That's actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. Very, very good, guys. Uh, shout out to Barely Alive, Willie and Dodge and Fusky Dodge, you know, and the whole Disciple crew for making a video such as like this for up and coming producers. Fantastic. I always appreciate when they do 
this sort of videos for the community because you can tell that they care their people. They want to bring more people into it. The last parts, yeah, demos should be the last thing. Like sending demos to these labels should be the last thing. You, you should actually focus more on put it out there. That's why every other artist will tell you, it's like, yo, just put your shit out there. Just put it out. Just put it out. Someone will pick it up. Someone will listen to it. Someone will fuck with it, you know, because it usually that's how it works, you know? And last thing that Willie said is like, yes, guys, be humble, be patient. Don't be a jerk. Don't be an asshole. Just be be friendly with others. You know, if you mess around with other people, people can actually help you up in on your career. You know, who knows? You never know that the person that's next to you that you're messing around could be the next potential rising star. And he will remember you when you were helping him and giving him feedback for all this stuff. And whenever you actually want to fuck with him and do some collab, he's like, absolutely, bro, let's do it. It happens, guys. It really does. To sum up this video, um, I got to say, it's really good. It's very educational. I appreciate these guys taking their time and efforts to actually come up with this. There were some things that I actually disagree or am neutral with it when it comes to, you know, with the headphones i highly recommend getting a good set of headphones not you know those but it's not interfering i mean i guess that's you know a little bit of bias on that part audio interface yeah do not spend over a hundred dollars on audio interfaces like no i like I, there's good audio interfaces that you got to work up a lot of things i agree with the ableton yes all you, not in today's world laptop ableton stop plugins if you want to get serum, fine, totally up to you guys, you know, and then you just do two tutorials and watch the disciple videos that they always do and how they do things. You know, that's a great way to learn, you know, um, the disagreement that probably the only disagreement that I will have from these guys is the school part. Like, the, it, like you can't say that type of stuff, you know, because not everybody is good to be self-taught because if, if that was the case from from how you guys were explaining it, that that means every other person will be like the will come up at the same time. And then the, the industry will literally be oversaturated to a higher level. And the competition will be real if it wasn't that perspective of self-taught, because then everybody will be doing it instead of going to school. No, like it doesn't work like that. Not everybody can, you know, be successful on by just self-taught like mostly only musicians have that luck people who are actually really good at music actually can go further beyond but even sometimes them they need some sort of a help but they need to learn from some from someone a mentor self and sometimes they go to these schools maybe they go for the basic stuff but they also get for networking they network with each other and then come up with some stuff and then before you know it you know boom you got something big coming up thanks to the help of the school. You got a Grammy nominee mentor that can teach you how to the ropes and show you the process. And before you know it, you're under his belt doing all this shit, you know? So there are some benefits of going to school. Now, maybe the schools that they that Dodge went didn't benefit him a lot, but the school I went helped me greatly into my career, helped nitty-gritty, helped a lot of people, you know? So I do disagree on that. Like, there are schools that there are even school online schools that are very affordable. There are even like schools like Into the Daw and the Fire Society. Like shout out to those guys. They you pay like 30, 40 bucks a month and you learn from these guys. You learn from EDM producers that are actually in the industry making this. You get 
tutoring sessions with them. You get feedback sessions. You learn all these live streams, how to how to write properly an email, how to approach certain people, how to network and all this. So it's like, it's definitely worth going to these certain schools. Certain If you're really willing to make it and you're willing to invest yourself in doing everything you, in your power to do it, absolutely. Go get it yourself an investment. Uh, invest yourself on, on a school. You don't have to get a four-year degree, like a four-year school. Like, no. And you can actually simply just go to a technical school like I did and many others did. And, you know, it's very good. So, but I do will agree in the, in the percentage of part that he says, like, you know, it's, it's unfortunately, it's a low percentage of people who graduate from, from those schools really make it into the industry, really make it. I was probably one of the few lucky ones that, I, that I'm still relevant in the industry. Me, and I don't think a lot of people are. You know, at least some of the classmates that were with me, like uh, they either drop out or they're not making what they were when they started out. And that's unfortunate. So, guys, what are my final thoughts to this? Um, It's really good. I like it. There's some things that I disagree on. But overall, I love how they brought this up. You know, like I love that they came here for the community and guide these people what they got to do. So. Shout out for Disciple Records. Shout out for Dutch. Shout out for Willie from Merrily Alive. Shout out for all those guys for, to do that stuff. So we're going to wrap this up, guys. So before we leave, like and subscribe for this channel at the Lone Wolf Pod. Please, if you guys want me to see more reaction videos and give you guys a little bit of in-depth analysis to all, all these sort of videos, whether I see they're accurate or this or this accurate on it and you want me to go further to what they go through, please comment down below and let me know. If you guys got a certain topic you want me to cover, please hit me up and let me know in the comments down below. Like and subscribe with the bell and notification so you can see any of the recent up uploads. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys at the next one.